Hi, I'm Cody. Um, I have been attending Redeemer since I was an eighth grader. I think that's when we started attending. Um, so I was 14 at the time then. I am 24 now. So I have been attending Redeemer in some sort for 10 years now. And um, during that time, I became a leader, which fell under your jurisdiction. I don't know what to call that. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> um, and then just as a student in high school and then um, leading under you, we kind of got to know each other a little bit. Um, and I have been leading the same group of guys since they were, are, since they were fourth graders and they are seniors now. So um, I've been serving under you for a very long time now, it feels like. Um, and then also throughout that, I have um, been full-time staff, so working with camp ministry, working closely with you to um, plan and run summer camps for the students and just watching God do amazing things in that. And Cody, we talked leading into tonight. Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to your superpower, like it's serving. Um, I've seen that in you for numerous years now. You know, as followers of Jesus, like we're all called to serve. And yet there seems to be this, this thing within you where serving is not like just something that you do. It's something that you are. And so the way I want to kind of frame this question is like with, with serving as your superpower, every superhero has like an origin story. So like what, like what is your origin story for serving? How did that become part of who you are? Yeah. So when I was much younger, my family attended a church in Ramsey and my mom was head of hospitality during that time. And I was in elementary school, I think, when she got into that role. And so she overlooked all of the ushers, the greeters. They had a traffic team because the parking lot is huge there. And so she was kind of in charge of all of the volunteers pretty much throughout the entire church, everyone who helped people feel welcomed or involved. And so part of that was from a very young age, I would stand at one of the doors and greet people who came in. I would get dressed up in the like green vests and I would direct traffic when the cars were much bigger than I was. So, so you you didn't just like watch your mom do this from a distance, like you like no. You were I got voluntold like into the serving. Vol yes, okay. I, I very much got voluntold into it, and I loved every moment of it. <laughs> and then, um, I think the moment where I actually chose to serve for the very first time was when I got into middle school, and I no longer was able to be in Sunday school. My mom was like, "Okay, you either have to be in the service." or volunteering and serving in some way. So the services were really boring to me. So I'm like, I'm going to serve. I mean, as like a little kid, like, I, yeah, I get that. Yes. Um, and so I got put on an usher team. And my favorite thing in the world to do was to just greet everyone who came in and to hand out the bulletin and just like kind of talk to everyone that like went through the church. So yeah, that, okay, because that, when I hear like that role, like that is not something I care to do at all. Like in like, not even like a little bit. Like, I love it come so hand much. Stuff out. Like, so like that, like, again, like it speaks to like this unique, not just like filling a role, but like what needs to get done. And like, you, yeah. you'll step in even like from a little like young age that yeah. that's what you were doing. 
I was the kid hanging out with your grandpa. That's what I was doing. Because <laughs> uh, those were the people who were the ushers. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, that, that's what I mean. Like, uh, yeah, okay. A lot of the things for at least myself, when, um, when, when I think about like moments in my life where my character began to change and like, you know, a lot of, a lot of stuff is like this long journey of like, mm-hmm. okay, you know, I eventually become, but there, like, there are some things that are just like defining moments. Like, cause like all of a sudden it just, something clicked in my head and this, like when you think about your journey towards serving or like when serving stopped being this thing that you did and more who you were, like, was that like a long journey for you? Was that like a defining moment thing for you? Tell us like, what was, what was that for you where the switch happened? I think the switch for me happened when I gave my life to Christ. It was the same year that I was that I chose to step into serving. So I started serving during the summer and then that winter I gave my life to Christ. And then the following summer when they had Vacation Bible School, I'm like I want to help out with Vacation Bible School. How can I do that? Like actually like going out and like asking for a way that I could step in and help. I love like part of why I wanted to have this, this conversation for us and like for, you know, all of us here is this idea that like, you know, Jesus, Jesus invites us, you know, when, when we choose to follow him, there's this journey of character change and character development and Mm -hmm. um, becoming more and more like Christ. And when I hear that story and I didn't know this about you, it's like, to me, it sounds like, Hey, part of who you were was like, before you even give your life to Christ, like experience what that life is like, like get involved in the serving element, this dynamic of faith before mm-hmm. you even have a real personal faith. Yeah. And d- d- I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. It sounds like that was kind of the thing that opened the door for you then to faith. Yes. That was the first moment in my life where my choices were no longer focused on me and like what kept me out of the boring service doing something that I thought was fun into me actually being like, where is this need in the church that I can step into and fill? Part of what, like the faith that I grew up with was a faith that was, hey, follow Jesus. And Jesus gives you all of these commandments that you're supposed to do. He tells you all of these things. And if you do them, then you're doing great. And if you don't do them, then you better repent and ask for forgiveness. Like that was the kind of faith that I grew up with was very much like a behavioral do these things. And so serving in particular had for a long time in my life been like, no, that's, that's the thing that you have to do in order for like God to be good with you. And like you, but you know, for me over time, like, that that side of things began to like go away. And I started to recognize mm-hmm. that like, oh, God, like God calls me into serving because it, it actually, it helps the, like helps the world around me, but it does something in me. Like it develops me yeah. and changes me. What, so for serving for you, like how, how has serving changed the way that you see people or see the world? Like how, how has serving changed, you know, the, the way that, that you understand the world or see, see people? Definitely noticing what people are needing. Explain. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, like, you can, like, meet someone and you can kind of, I don't know, I can meet someone and I can tell that, like, something is a little off. Like, they're having a bad day or they need a hug or something like that. The way that serving has kind of prepared me for, like, the world at large is just being willing to step out and say 
yes to kind of what is needed to be done. So, okay, you say that, and I'm, I'm going to word it differently because this is one okay. of the, one, like when I think about your, the superpower, this like this ability to serve, I see there's this like other element that I, I think comes together with your serving that works so well is that you have this ability to like empathize with every person and not just from like a, hey, let's chat and maybe I'll like, but like, like you have this ability to like, from the moment somebody enters the room, like you can feel the atmosphere change because yeah. of how that, like you can read people almost. And then how you step into that space is with serving. Is there, has there ever been a time when you have served? Like, can you tell us a story of where God has used your willingness to serve, like this character thing that you just do naturally and you saw a life change or you saw God use you to like minister to another person because that empathy came in and, and you chose to step in with like some kind of serving and like that just matched what that person needed in, in that moment. Yeah. I mean, the first thing that I think of is one of the boys that I lead. Um, when I started leading him, like the adults found out that I was leading him they would put their hand on my shoulder and say, good luck. <laughs> those kids. I have one of those kids, my youngest. So continue. <laughs> Just continuing to show him that he is loved and God loves him. And then just kind of giving him like a role to fill, fulfill in the small group. Like it directed the energy. But yeah, it was just... Something as little as like, hey, when we need to like do something, can you hand out like the materials? And um, it was just that showing of trust in him and the love that I have for him and the love that I have for him because God loves him, that he has grown up and he is probably like the leader of the small group when stuff needs to get serious. He's the one that sets the tone and he has um, now led at camp. Yeah. I think it's, that's, I mean, it's so cool. Cause it's again, th this, this thing that I, I we, I'm seeing in you is, is like, you know, that, that serving that servanthood, but you've got this ability to empathize with people. You, yeah. you step into these roles again, because of the way that you served, I saw that and was like, I need you to start leading in these areas. And so you use that you know, the, the leadership that you had, the kind of mm -hmm. responsibility, the authority that you had there, but you use that to position someone. I mean, all, all of these yeah. other kids in your group um, to come alongside of them and set them up to move forward and to grow yeah. and to develop and um, become these like crazy, awesome men of God that they are today. Like certainly not perfect, far from it, far, but, from it. <laughs> but like, but super awesome guys. And yeah. Um, and, and I see that. And again, when I think about this, like the call of Jesus to serve is that, that transformation happens that like when, when you give of yourself to other people, um, there's this, there's this thing that just transforms in a person's life. And like, that's mm -hmm. the space that you've been able to step into. Yeah. So for like, when you were growing up, um, I mean, obviously your mom would be one person, but who are some of the people that you look to now as like your examples of people who serve, like the people who inspire you, the people who, um, you want to be like when you look at the way that they serve? Yeah. So the first person that comes to mind, his name is Dave Heinrich, and he has passed away now just recently. Dave became an intern pastor here. And the thing about Dave is right away, as soon as you meet him, you can just 
tell and feel how much he loves God and how much love he has for other people where um, he can just go up to you, have a conversation, and somehow you start talking about God and you don't know how you got there. But all of a sudden, you're hearing about God and how much he loves you and you can't help but feel loved. And I think that the best example of how Dave lived his life is how he died. So he passed away this summer. He was leading um, a group of missionaries in South Central America, South America. I don't remember which country it was anymore. But he passed away there and he died the exact same way that he wanted to just in mission for Christ. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I also had the, the, you know, the honor of yeah. knowing Dave, meeting him, getting to work with him a little bit. You know, somebody, somebody asked me the question one time, you know, who, who are the people in your life who are most like Jesus to you? The people that come to my mind aren't the people who like preach the best and they're not the people who like, you know, are out front all the time or on the plat. Like the people who are most like Jesus to me are the people who serve the best. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and Dave was one of those people like that. He's one of those people in my life that I go, yeah, he, he was someone who, if I were to like say, what would Jesus look like? That would be a person I would point to. Okay. I want to, I want to shift gears a little bit. Yes. And, um, what I, what I wanted to do, cause in light of like this conversation is around the, that character trait of serving, um, that God calls us to serve. Sometimes it's that like formal role, like in a church or volunteering, you know, with a, a you know, somewhere. Um, but more often than not, it, it really is just in that day to day, what are those opportunities to serve? What are those people to connect with? Now, I want to look at a passage of scripture that is with Jesus in Matthew 20. And I want to walk through this with you. I want to walk through this together because I think that there's some really cool things around serving that can get overlooked. It's the, the part of scripture, if, you're, if you guys are familiar, where Jesus says that, you know, he didn't come to be served, but to serve. It's a, it's a story that is really helpful, really powerful, but, but there's so many pieces leading into that conversation that I think frame this idea of serving in a really helpful way for followers of Jesus. Like, what does that mean? What does it require to serve? And so this is how this, like the scripture starts is Matthew 20 verse 20 starts, says, then the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee came to Jesus with her sons. Now, James and John were like disciples of Jesus. And so, so their mother came. And she knelt respectfully to ask a favor. So Jesus, uh, Jesus asked, what is your request? And she replied, in your kingdom, please let my two sons sit in the places of honor next to you, one on your right and the other on your left. I think this, this way the story begins is always really funny to me because it's like these two disciples, these two guys that like, and if you know any history about the disciples, like these people were like middle school, high school, young adult age. Like that's who these guys were. And these two brothers want greatness. Like, that's what they're aspiring to. And they put their mom up to do their bidding. Like, they, like, abdicate their responsibility. Like, mom, get in there. Like, go, go talk to Jesus for it. You're right. And so, and, and what, what I didn't know about this, but um, these two guys, James and John, were really likely actually the cousins of Jesus. That in a, another account of this story, this woman, their mom's name is Salome, who is the sister of Mary, Jesus's mother. So it's like Jesus's aunt comes and like, hey, you know, those cousins of yours, like let them get the seats of honor. Like that's like this, the way that the story is set up. Yeah. What I, what I think is so funny about this is, you know, when it comes to serving, which again is where this passage is going. It's like this whole story is about servanthood and serving, that they're looking for greatness 
they turn to their mom, which is like, like the whole, a whole sermon in and of itself. Like, listen, when you're out of the house, stop asking your mom to do stuff. Like you can schedule your own haircuts, right? Like we can Even if you're in the house, stop it, asking your mom to do weird, stuff. Weird, weird, <laughs> weird. The disciples should have known this, but they're like, get in there, mom. Um, and so, you know, it, like the way that the story goes, like, oh, you know, they, they knelt down, you know, she knelt down at Jesus' feet. It's like, oh, it's this respect word thing. But in reality, like that's not what's happening. Mm-hmm. It's like she's using she's using her relationship to Jesus as as like his aunt to like manipulate the conversation, right? Like my kids want to be great, but instead of me positioning them to be great, I'm going to try to just like take the shortcut and like, man, let them be great. Like just let them like make it happen, right? Which is it's such a, like a, an odd conversation to me of like that's that's how the story begins. But this is like Jesus' response to this is the best. And so he says, you know, but Jesus answered by saying to them, which I love, he didn't answer her, he answered them. Like yeah. they're the ones trying to be great. So I'm gonna talk to them. Jesus says, okay, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I am about to drink? And they're like, oh, yes, of course we're able to do that. Jesus, like, but my, we asked our mom to do it. Like, <laughs> it, again, but what I love, Jesus Jesus says, okay, if you want to be great, you need to suffer. Like, there, there's something about suffering that is tied to greatness that Jesus is trying to get at with them, is that, you know, they they want they want to have these seats of honor. They want to be great as disciples, as followers of Jesus, but they want to be great in the world. And what Jesus does is he takes this concept of greatness and says, hey, that requires suffering. That if you want to be great, you need to suffer. And I, I, what I think is so, so interesting about that to me is that for a lot of people who follow Jesus, like we want to, we want to look religious. We want to look like we're good servers. We want to look like we love, like we want to look that way without having to sacrifice anything. Or we want to sacrifice as little as possible, but then get the, as much status as possible. Because that's like what we're trained. That's like what the world teaches us to do. And yet in this conversation around servanthood, which is again, where he's, get, where he's going to, it's this call to, to be great by suffering. And that sacrifice is required to serve. Mm-hmm. But serving requires sacrifice. Yeah. Okay, so I, w- I want to read just one more chunk of the story, and then we're going we're to go to the kind of where Jesus gets to the good stuff. He says, so Jesus told them, again, talking to them, he says, okay, so they're like, yeah, we're able to suffer like you, Jesus. And Jesus, okay, cool it. And he says, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup, which is like, mm, that's unfortunate. But, uh, but I have no right to say who will sit on my right or my left. My father has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen, which is like the perfect sidestep to that question. But then... When the other 10 disciples heard what James and John asked, they were indignant. And this is one of those things that I love because what, what the disciples wanted were, was greatness. And, and I think like that is something that Jesus, I don't think Jesus looks down at that. Like, no, be great. Like, however you want to be great, go do that. That is a good thing. Like, that's okay. But also there's this like little side note in this of like, if you strive for greatness, you are going to have critics and haters. Like that's going to be the case, including people that you are close to. There, there's this thing in Australia called the, the tall poppy syndrome, where as soon as somebody 
you know, starts to rise above other people, they start to, you know, get notoriety or they start to do these really incredible things, people immediately want to turn on them and just cut them down, right? Like that's what yeah. cancel culture is all about. Like, yeah. Oh, you're doing all these great things. Great. Oh, but you said one wrong thing. Canceled, right? Like, and that's exactly what is like about to happen with these disciples, that they they saw them wanting greatness, having this conversation with Jesus. And immediately the 10 heard about it and turned on these two. And so Jesus, what I love about this, again, Jesus being the ultimate servant, takes that empathy, takes that leadership, takes all of that, and then now is going to frame them and position them to serve well. Yeah. And this is how that conversation, this is like that famous line. This is how he finishes that out. He says, but Jesus called them together and he said, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people and the officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. See, I what I love about this conversation is again, like immediately the, the rest of the disciples, they want to cancel these two guys. They want to just like they're upset at them. Like, how dare you try to be great? And and Jesus gets them all together and, and isn't like, listen, don't try to be great. Like that's not how, how the conversation goes. Like instead, he he says, Hey, if you want to be great, serve. If if, if you want to be great, don't do what the re- what the rest of the world does. Because what does the rest of the world do? Well, I'm gonna try to get as much status, as much power, as much authority as I can, and then I'm going to use that to get my way and do what I want. And yet what Jesus does, he completely reframes what the kingdom of God looks like, what following Jesus looks like, that if you want to be great, serve. Yeah. And if you're going to serve, that requires sacrifice, right? And and, and it's like it's like this flip upside down from Jesus that, that serving get as much power as you can, get as much authority as you can, get the biggest platform that you can, and then give it away. Like that's, that's the way of Jesus. Like be, be the greatest at whatever it is that you want to be great at, but then leverage that for the benefit of everyone around you. Yeah. So, and and to me, like, that's what I have seen in you. That's how, that's, that's the role I see you stepping into of like, yeah, okay. I was just serving. I was just handing out bulletins. But then I got to actually hang out with kids a little bit and build that relationship a little bit more. And then I'm actually going to invest in a small group of, of young people. And as they grow up, I'm going to, I'm going to start putting them in positions where they get to lead and they get to do kind of some cool things. I'm going to call out the, like what, I, what I've seen in this journey of yours, Cody, is that call of Jesus where he says, I haven't come to be served, but to serve. Like, that's what you do. Like, yeah. You don't use your authority, your pot, like that, like experience that you have to go, everybody look at me. I'm the best. Like I had to hunt you down and be I'm like, I'm not <laughs> like, I had to hunt you down and be like, Cody, sorry. You, I, I didn't, I'm not, I didn't give you an option. You're doing this interview with me. Sorry. It's happening. Like that's, but that's who you are. So I, okay. I want to, I want to wrap up this conversation because I, I think, I think this is, I mean, this has been a helpful conversation for me when it comes to serving of it, it's a good, like if you've grown up in the church, like you've heard this idea of serve. You've heard this idea of give of yourself and be there for other people. And yet it's one of those foundational things that so oftentimes I just forget. You know, for me, especially when like when I was in college, um, the, the whole thing that was 
well, life is too hard. I'm too busy. School is just too crazy right now. I, I'm trying to balance my relationships with friends and, you know, this girlfriend and then, you know, my school stuff. And then I got to find a job. I just don't have time to serve was always the excuse that I always had. Yeah. How did you always make sure that you had enough in the tank to serve? The thing that I have learned more in the past year is just making sure that you like take a time out and focus on yourself a little bit. I hate focusing on myself. So it is one of the hardest things for me to do, but getting into like a Bible study where I can focus on my own faith and not just constantly pouring out into others has been a huge help. Just improving my prayer life and spending more time in prayer. Super important because what I tend to volunteer myself to do is so spiritually taxing right. that I just need those constant refills. Yeah, it, it's hard It's hard to live a life of Christ if you're not being filled with Christ. Ser- serving is so important. I mean, it's the call of Jesus, right? Like that's, that's the heart of what Jesus calls us to. He calls us to love. And, and that, that expression of love is to serve and to sacrifice for others. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, what, what I'd love to do is I'd love to just, I'd love to wrap this up. I'd love to give kind of two questions for you guys as we kind of wrap up the night tonight. You're free to hang, to do whatever you'd like to do. But kind of the two questions I want you to ponder, and you know, if you want to, you can talk about it at your table. You can talk about it later. Or just think about it yourself. The, the two questions that I have are one, when it comes to serving, what like what are the what are your go to excuses, right? Like, and excuses maybe even a hard word, but like the where you know God has called you. Right, it's one thing to be like, well, I guess I have to. I'm just gonna f- grit the teeth and do like, not that. But we're like, you, you know, that God has called you to serve, called you to to step in and be part of a relationship or to be a friend to someone. Where have you maybe ignored God's voice recently? Like, where where might God be calling you? It's kind of the first question that I have. But then the second question question is simply, who do you see in your life who is like your example of a servant? When you think of the, like that question, who is most like Jesus to you? Like, who is that person, and what is it about them that makes you go, "Yeah, like that person is a lot like Jesus to me"? So I want you to, to take those questions, think through those. If if we could, Cody, would you pray for us? Yeah, let's do it. Lord, I just thank you for bringing us here today for this space specifically intended for young adults. Um, I just pray that you work in us tonight as we go over these questions, but also throughout our week and throughout our lives as we uh, just step into service for you. Send us, Lord. And I just pray that you continue to give us that initiative and to give us initiative if we're too scared to uh, take that first step, Lord. And yeah, we pray this in your holy and precious name. Amen.